thank God for another time of gathering together in his holy presence this morning. And for me, it's a joy to bring forth his word. So let's turn to Acts 28 for the reading of his powerful life-changing word. Acts 28, we begin reading from verse 16 up to 29. And this is the word of God. When we enter Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldiers who, the soldier who was guarding him. After three days, Paul called together those who were the leading men of the Jews, and when they came together, he began saying to them, Brethren, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they had examined me, they were willing to release me because there was no ground for putting me to death. But when the Jews objected, I was forced to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any accusation against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I requested to see you and to speak with you, for I am wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. They said to him, we have neither received letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren come here and reported or spoken anything about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are for concerning this set. It is known to us that it, has, it is spoken against every word. And when they had set a day for Paul, they came to him at his lodging in large numbers. And he was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the Lord of Moses and from the prophets from morning until evening. Some were being persuaded by the things spoken, but others would not believe. And when they did not, did not agree with one another, they began leaving after Paul had spoken one parting word. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to your father, saying, go to these people and say, you will keep on hearing, but will never understand. And you will keep on seeing, but will never perceive. For the heart of these people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return, and I will hear them. Therefore, let it be known to you 
that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, they would also listen. When he had spoken these words, the Jews departed, having a great dispute among themselves. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your holy word and the power it has to transform us. We just pray this morning, Lord, that we uh, get some truths from these passage that we can apply in our bed, in our touch, in our longing to be like Jesus. And please help us through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Promises, promises. We make a lot of promises to others, and many promises are made to us. But sadly, too many promises are broken on both ends of the equation. God, however, never breaks a promise. God's promises are always fulfilled. God's promises are always fulfilled. God will always act according to his promise. We read in 1 Corinthians 1.20, for, for, for as many are the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. And again, in, in Hebrews 6.18, we are told it is impossible for God to lie. Numbers 23.19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. As he said, and will not do it, or as he spoken, and will not make it good. Paul's arrival in Rome, as we are going to, you heard in the reading, Paul's arrival in Rome is a fulfillment of God's promise to him. A promise that Paul will preach in Rome. Paul had a deep longing to go to Rome to preach the gospel. And we find it in a couple of places in scripture, this longing. He wrote to the Christians in Rome long before he got it. I long to see you so that I may impact to use some spiritual gift to make you strong. In verse 13 of that same chapter, he said, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers. I have planned many times to come to you, but I have been hindered, been prevented from doing so until now. And then in Romans 15, 23 to 24, he says, but now there is no, no more place for me to work in these regions. And since I have been longing for many years to see you, I plan to come. I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit you while passing through and have, have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. He longed to go to Rome. 
And here is God's promise to him. You want to go to Rome? In Acts 23, 11, we see God, God's words of comfort, hope, and promise to Paul in prison in Jerusalem. The following night, the Lord stood near me. The Lord stood near and said, take courage. As you have testified about me in Jeru Jerusalem, you will also testify of me in Rome. And then uh, uh, Acts 27, 4, in the middle of a shipwreck, when there was no hope, they wanted to kill all the prisoners, including Paul, so that no one would escape. An angel appeared to Paul and brought words of comfort from the Lord. Do not be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar. Finally, Paul has arrived in Rome. God's promise is fulfilled. God is faithful. So we see Paul in Rome. Let's see four things I want to note in his uh, arrival in Rome and, and, and subsequent days that follow. Through it all, he has arrived in Rome, finally. First, let's see his condition in Rome. That's uh, in verse 16. On arrival in Rome, God's favor was with Paul in that he was allowed to stay by himself. He, did not, he was not put in the common prison cell. But a home was rented. He was living by himself in a rented house instead of in the common prison. But he had a soldier guarding him. You see, when you have God's approval, when you are in God's will, he will make a way for you even under the most severe circumstances. He was not put in a common cell, but he was allowed to stay by himself to accomplish God's will, even while he was a prisoner. He had opportunity to share the gospel. Paul later wrote to the Philippian church uh, that he was in chain, but the gospel was not chain. Because he was, he was, he was, he, the gospel message was going forth through the whole Roman, the palace, and the guys were hearing the message. When we are in God's will, He will use us to bless people's lives, even under the more severe circumstances, no matter what the condition. Our in the late 90s, we fled the African coast in the midst of a terrible civil war in Liberia. Uh, what is happening in Af Afghanistan, we can relate to it. It resonates with us. The running to the airport, any way to get out. We're crying, praying to the Lord. And the Lord took us as refugees to the Africans, leaving our church that we have pastor for some nine years. Gloria, the children, I, and some other church members, we fled to the Africans as refugees. Strange, didn't know what to do. 
Will we ever pastor a church again? What will become of all the work we put into the ministry? And then someone like our door one day, Pastor Jao, we want you to lead, to start an English ministry because Africa is a French-speaking country. All the people fleeing from Liberia, from Sierra Leone, coming to the Africa, didn't know French. They would go to church, and they wouldn't understand. So God opened that door. We started the English-speaking ministry, and God blessed that ministry up to now. It is flourishing in the Africa. So no matter whether you are a refugee, once God is with you, he will make a way. He will establish you. And this is what is happening to Paul. Even as a prisoner, he's free. Never mind the guy guarding him. But he's free to do God's will. He stays sharing the gospel, even in chains. What is it you're going through? God has not forgotten about you. He has a plan for your life. Let's look at his call to the Jewish leaders. Point number two. His calls to the Jewish leaders and their response. That's in verses 17 to 22. Paul had a custom of reaching out to the Jews in every city he visited first. He made his duty to visit the Jews. And see, our room is no exception. So three days after his arrival, he wasted no time in reaching out to them. He got to work, no time to rest. He alone waited for this opportunity, even though he came as a prisoner. You know, you remember he did the same in Athens. The chasing out of Berea almost killed him. And as soon as he got to Atom, what did he do? He didn't even rest. He got to the synagogue and then started to go to the marketplace to spread the gospel every day. And we see him doing here. Someone has said, when you have a passion for Christ, an enthusiasm for Christ, and a burden for the gospel, you will always be seeking ministry opportunity. You will always be doing something for the kingdom of God. And this is the passion we see Paul really exhibiting for Christ, the burden to share the good news. So he called the Jewish leaders in Rome together, and they honored his invitation. They came. He explained Christ to them that he was an innocent victim. Nothing he has done wrong. An innocent victim of Jewish hostility. That, they had, that he had done nothing to the people, even to the custom of their fathers. When they brought him to the Romans, they investigated the case I we heard in the children's message. So we, we see no wrong. You did nothing, deserving of death. And they wanted to release him, to let him go. But the Jews objected. They still wanted to kill him. And so he appealed to Caesar. Secondly, he told them that he had no charge against the Romans, his people. Think about it. 
all what he went through at the hands of these people, the suffering, the beating, the stoning that he underwent, he said, I have nothing against my people. Nothing against my people, no resentment, no vindictiveness. I'm cool. I got nothing against them. Yeah, some of us will keep petty grudge when people do the least things to us. Look what them young men went through from prison to prison, beating, passing on, uh, uh, down the wall, running for his life. He had a right to be bitter against his people. He said, no, I have nothing against them. And that, you see, Paul wrote, oh, man, oh, no man, anything but love. All I want for them to know Christ. Are you holding grudge against people today in the church outside because of what they've done to you? Paul said, I have nothing against them. In verse 13 of our text, verse 20 rather, of our text, he tells the Jewish leader the main reason that he had called them. He said, I didn't call you because I'm a prisoner. I didn't call you because all I have suffered. He said, for this reason, devil, I have requested to see you and speak with you since I am wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. I'm wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. The Messiah has come. The Messiah promised to our people has come, has paid the price. And I'm begging them to see from the scripture, as you will see later, they didn't know that the Messiah has come. In other words, Paul is saying, there's a bigger picture in view here. I have a bigger picture. It is not about me, it is not about my suffering at the hands of the Jew, it is about the hope of Israel. It is about the promised Messiah. The hope of Israel has been fulfilled and has already come, but the Jews are still refusing the Messiah. And so they responded telling Paul that they had gotten no communication from the people generally and nothing specific about him. However, they want to know about this set. You know, they said, talking about Christianity. They said that people are speaking aid of all over. They want to know what your views are. Is Christianity a set? No, Christianity is a mainstream religion. They are on the peripheral. Christianity is the mean religion, mean uh, promise to Israel that Christ has come and given his life. So, Paul set a date, set a time for them to come, for him to tell them about Christianity. First Peter 3 13 says, But sanctify. Christ in your heart, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks 
about the hope that is in you, yet do so with gentleness and reverence. For wasting no time in allowing them to set a day suitable to them when they could gather together in his lodging. And Paul will tell them about the hope of Israel that they are missing the hope Jesus Christ who has come to redeem them. Friends, a lot of people want to know what we believe today. People want to know our hope in Christ. People want to hear the good news. But what are we doing? Psalm 39, 5 warns us of the, of the brevity of life. Life is short. God has called us for our purpose. And the chief purpose for you and I as Christians is to share Christ, to share the gospel. Seeking ministry of opportunity. God has called us to do that, to share. You can be young, you can be old. Once you are a believer, the gospel mandate is on you. Jesus Christ was 12 years old. When he and his early parents went to the, to the feast, and the burden the father lays on, laid on his heart was there. He, he got it from them and went to the temple. And he was teaching the people about the kingdom, about God. They were so, they were, they, they marveled at his age. And his mom came, so we've been looking for you. Where have you been? He said, don't you know that I'm at my father's business? That should be our attitude every day. I'm at my father's business. Time is short. Time is running out. Find something to do. Be at the father's business. Let us wake up. Yes, we have priorities. Work, this and that. But the main thing that should be our focus every day. Lord, will you pour a soul on my heart to witness to? And Paul witnessed to the Jews in point three. He witnessed to the Jews. His witness to the Jews in verses 23 to 27. What a dynamic witness it must be. A magnificent Bible study. Who, who wouldn't want to be here sitting on a this past Pharisee or scatter teaching the scripture, explaining to them and solemnly testifying the kingdom of God, trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from the Lord of Moses, from the prophets, from morning to evening. Wow. Wow pouring out his heart all day, from morning to evening. He studied that day, day that was the kingdom, of, the kingdom of God and Jesus in the Old Testament. Paul was bringing 
to focus all the prophecies and their fulfillment in Jesus that day, trying to convince them Christ is the Messiah who was born in Bethlehem, lived in Nazareth, walked the dusty road of Judea. He did mighty works. And finally, he died on the cross, as predicted. He was raised again from the dead, exactly as was predicted. I was prophesied. One can guess some of the Old Testament passages. We usually hear them during Christmas, especially. For under all the child is born. And all those passages, I, was, I want to imagine Paul was, was teaching that day. From morning to evening, and what was the result? He says, some believed, and some did not. Some were being persuaded, but others would not believe. There were mixed reactions. The two groups started arguing with each other. And that's what the gospel does, people. It divides people. It divides families. Christ said, don't think I have come to bring peace. Not everyone will respond favorably to the gospel message because it's a message of change. And some people believe, with, some people will believe the message and some people will not. Let us not be disappointed when people reject us. Many times we go on Sister Nine Street to witness and sharing the gospel, some people will grab a whole pack of tracks from, from, from our heads or, or wherever they are, and they will just take them and dump them in the, in, in the, in the, in the trash, trash, trash can. It will happen. Paul explained the reason for their rejection of the gospel message. Those who did not believe Paul had this to say to them. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to you, to your father, saying, Go to these people, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. Go to the people and let them know, you will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. You will keep on seeing, you will not perceive, for the heart of these people has become dull. And with their ears, they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes, otherwise they must see with their eyes. Friends, you cannot reject Jesus Christ and expect to understand or perceive the things of God. Without receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are spiritually blind, you are spiritually dead. The Lord Jesus quoted a passage, the same passage. And these people rejected him. And he quoted the same passage. That their eyes were blind. And that they cannot see. Because their hearts are dull. And it is true for us today. As it was in Paul's days, 
as it was in Jesus' day. Many are rejecting the gospel today because they don't want to be healed spiritually. But on the other hand, choosing not to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is eternal separation from God. The Word of God tells us in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short out of the glory of God. In 6.23, it tells about the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Choosing Jesus is eternal life. Rejecting him is spiritual death. Choose Jesus. He died on that cross that you might live. And so the those that rejected the gospel, Paul told them, this gospel is going to the Gentiles. He takes the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul's heart was saddened, he was broken, seeing these Jews torn away from the gospel. And if you read Romans 29, he cried to God, God, why? I love my people. Lord, take me away. Take me away, let me be a cause so that my people will be saved. Because the gospel, the promise of Christ to them. Is that how you cry for your unbelieving relatives? Is that how you are burdened for those who are around you? Lord, please, please. You see a burden on your heart. Read Romans 9 and see this man crying almost literally. Let me say this to all of us. The things that you are not burdened with, don't expect God. Amen? Don't expect God to take interest. Your prayer has to be fervent, crying all day for that child who is rejecting Christ. You've been praying for Don't give up. That husband, that wife, who I ever relative, this man cried as a word for his people, for the salvation of the Jews. And that's why he always began with them in every city he visited before going to the Gentiles. Thank God that this gospel of God has been sent to the Gentiles, you and I. And that's how. We are recipients of God's salvation through Christ today. Because Jesus told them, you shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Paul was so faithful a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was courageous. He was consistent. He went through all the known world to share the gospel and finally he's in Rome. And still, he's sharing the gospel. He fought a good fight. We too must continue to fight and throw where the sins are thrown. Emulate their good work in Acts Especially 
throughout, what do we see? Christians having fun? No. They are going about sharing the gospel, being beaten, imprisoned, persecution, and pain. Do we expect it to have it any easy? May God help us to follow the tireless and courageous example of those faithful servants of God mentioned in this book that we're coming to our close. And why do you think Pastor Mike took, took the book? He had an objective for us to see a growing church in a growing war, peeing, peeing every day, peeing every day. They're going through, but still they were relentless. They persevere. Even to the end, Paul is in prison. What about us? Let us be obedient, followers of Christ, in sharing his life changing gospel. And he promised to be with us even to the end of the age. That is a promise we can count on. Even has Paul counted on the promise of God to take him to Rome. Let all distraction be laid aside, aside and let us focus on soul winning, friends. I'll leave you with a quote from Christianity uh, today, Christianity today. And please listen. It is easy to determine when something is aflame. It ignites other material. Any fire that does not spread will eventually go out. A church without evangelism is a contradiction in terms. Just as a fire that does not burn is a contradiction. Let's keep the flame burning. Let's keep spreading the flame of evangelism. And you know what? Crossroad Community Church will be alive doing the work of God here in Upper Derby. But without that flame, I'm sorry. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that the early church bore the pain, it bore the persecution, carrying the gospel to a lost world in their day. Lord, can we do any less? Oh, take us from our comfort zones. Give us a burden for lost soul, oh Jesus. Oh, we are drowning in our comfort and unmindful of our souls perishing without you going to hell. Lord, give us courage. Give us perseverance and consistency as we share the glorious gospel message of Jesus Christ. Because salvation is in Christ alone. A grace alone, a faith alone. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.